For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions right here on the Believe Podcasting Network, Detroit's number one sports podcasting network. It's a show where you believe in the Detroit Lions by the end of this episode, so will you. I'm your host, Derek Oakry, right here on the Believe Podcasting Network, as I said, for Believe and Lions, and it's another week. It's the week, actually, before training camp. These players are going to hit the field. There's going to be football being played before you know it, preseason, regular season. So there's so much to get into. So what I want to talk about today is I've got a, a trade scenario where the Lions will be bringing in two football players. I want to tell you who those are and why. I want to dig in a little bit to the available free agents that are still out there. Is there any people that can help the Lions? We're going to get into maybe some roster bubble type players. And then on the very end of the show, I kind of want to circle back to the future of this team. You know, the draft picks they have, maybe how they'll use them in the future and, and how they used them this past year. And and like I say, I'll probably just end getting you hyped about football returning. I'm going to help you B-L-E-A-V in the Detroit Lions. So everybody, before we get into all that, we got to get one of our great sponsors in here. It's betonline.ag. Let's take a quick break. Listen to them. We'll be right back. What's going on, Believe in Lions listeners? Now, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to their website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors, BetOnline.ag. This show is sponsored and brought to you by BetOnline.ag, and we really appreciate them. So let's go ahead and get into this. Let's get into this spicy trade scenario that I kind of not only drummed up in my head. This isn't something you're hearing on all the rumor mills or that's out there on NFL.com or that some jabron put out on Twitter that they just made up out of the clear blue sky. This is just coming from me, at Derek Oakry on Twitter here, the host of Believe in Lions, and that's this. You you look at a couple positions the Lions are really weak at, and I don't think many people, if any, would argue with this. The wide receiver position and the tight end position. I think I was listening to a Lions pod the other day, and somebody was like, hey, one of their positions of strength is tight end. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, they have TJ Hawkinson, and they've got... 
old man Darren Fells, who's a decent veteran, and then a couple young guys who are complete dart throws that nobody knows anything about. And we all know the wide receiver position is one they've taken a different approach where they've just sort of said, hey, you know, we're going to we're gonna go for speed. You know, we're going to go with all these new guys. We're going to probably let Quintez Sivas do his thing a little bit. You know, St. Brown is the rookie they took. He's going to make plays. So, so if you got openings at at wide receiver and tight end, there's this team. Their name is the Cleveland Browns. They just so happen to have a wide receiver and a tight end that may be extra for them, maybe disposable type players for them, but are still players that I think have a lot of juice left that can make some plays that are some of my favorites in the NFL. So... Some of you guys who listen to this show, as well as you can find my other podcast, it's called the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast, where I serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid multiple times a week, getting you Lions fans excited. You guys know one of my guys is Odell Beckham Jr. (laughs) And I know you're out there saying, oh, but he hasn't been good for a while. He's been hurt. Some of you would even say, oh, but he's a diva. He's... He's, you know, a disruption in the locker room. He, Okay, let's deal with a couple of those real quick. Dude hasn't done one thing disruptive since way back when he was with the Giants. It probably is going on, you know, four plus years now, if we really look at it. He's been a Boy Scout, choir boy off the field, done everything he's supposed to do. So we throw that out the window. You could say, well, he used to be incredible. Now he's got he doesn't make many plays. You know, I, I throw that out the window just when I watch him with my eyes as a talent. Odell Beckham is the type of receiver that could come to Detroit and be the number one with a blink of an eye. You know, he'd be a guy you'd pay to watch. He'd be a guy that just could be featured in this offense. I think he'd fit in really, really nicely with him, Jared Goff, DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. You know what I mean? Like, that's a really nice four prong of a receiver quarterback running back that can also catch the football and a really dynamic up and coming tight end. So I think that would be tremendous. Now, his production has went down, but that's not only due to injuries, he's on a better football team and he's been such a team player. He's just been like, hey, I just want to win. You know, I don't need 150 and, and touchdown or two. Let's just get those W's. As well as, you know, he's playing through, what, a core injury and, and still got a 1,000. You know, still got a 1,000 yards and, and everybody was dogging him and he still put up decent numbers. So imagine if he's finally healthy. I think he's about 28 years old, somewhere in that range. So still got two, three years of that prime. And I think if you could get him at the right price, you bring him in here, you make him the guy, and then you bring in young guys around him, it could be really dynamic. And I think the price point would be very reasonable. You know, the Lions have picks. They need a player like this. Yes, you can always say, well, I'll just wait and get receivers next year in the draft. Okay, you could do that very cheaply and and, and possibly find diamonds that you would have for you know, three, four, five, six plus years or longer, that could be incredible. But are they going to be the the level of talent of Odell? You know, are they going to have the star power that Odell has? I mean, those are things that I factor in versus 
just a really inexpensive, great rookie player that's going to take a little bit of time to come along. I feel like even if you traded for him now, Odell could just slide in there and be the guy right away. So, I, you know, who knows? And people act like his price point is going to be crazy. This guy's not going for a first. You know, the Lions will probably be picking pretty high in the second. He probably won't be going for that. But it starts in the third round for me. Like, if they're willing to th- consider a third-round pick for Odell, I've seen, you know, Julio went for second or whatever. I mean, a lot of guys go for less. So a third, to me, is a high-valued pick for a player that he's got a pretty high price tag, but it's not crazy for for the elite talent that he is bringing in here and, and just make him the guy, you know? And then if all works out well, you got Odell for the next two, three years as your as your stud receiver. The contract worries me a little bit because let's say he's, he's at, like, you know, 16, 18 million, whatever he's at this year, and he plays incredible. I think he's up or maybe has another year, whatever. It, it would be hard, you know, to, to justify paying him what the going rate's going to be. But, you know, that's that's not only the risk you take, that's the ability to say, we're making you the guy. Now we want you to commit to us long-term and be in a Detroit Lions. So they'd have to figure that part out. But let's say you get Odell for a three. Let's say you get this guy for a fifth. And that's... David Njoku, tight end for the Browns. I want to say he's 24 years old, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in that range. I mean, the kid came into the NFL super young. He's been in the league three, four years now. He requested a trade, I think, uh, last year at some point. He kind of backed off that. He came back. Baker Mayfield uh, always finds him in the red zone. This guy's not like a dynamic, shifty, but he's like, he's such a freak athlete physically. Like, you just see this guy with the shirt off, he's ripped to shreds. He was so young coming into the league, he's just barely getting, you know, to the front end of his career, really. And when he's been healthy and been out there, he's, he's pretty fun to watch. I mean, let's say he makes plays in the red zone, he's, you know, been working on his catching. I know he had some drop issues, but. He's just one of those guys you don't find physical specimens like him too often at the age he is, and him and TJ could be a nice little combo at the tight end position. That's where you could do, you know, your two tights. Uh, and Joku got a lot better in the blocking game the last year or so, so you could do him there. You could have, to, <coughs> excuse me, you could have TJ block and and get it, get Joku out on some sneaky routes there, and then you just push all the other tight ends, even if they're good with Hunter Bryant. You know, Mac that they have on the roster, Darren Fells, you push them all down a peg if you get a player like that. So I know I know I threw it out on Twitter at Derek Oakry, and a lot of people were like, ah, no thank you. I don't want him in the locker room. I don't, you know, we can't get those guys for that price. I mean, I get it. You know, it's it's not one that's a slam dunk on paper, but it's a hey, the Browns are a good football team. I get it. One one of the people that was responding was saying, But why would the Browns trade those two guys when they're trying to make a run? Well, the reason is because they got other ball players all over the football field, too. I mean, you look at the tight end position for them. They got Harrison Bryant um, sitting kind of at or behind Njoku. And then they got Austin Hooper, where they paid a ton of money. So, you know, they they already got two tights there if they were to move Njoku. And they probably got other guys in the pipeline that they like as well. You look at their wide receiver position. I mean, you're looking at you're looking at Landry. Still got a, f- a few good years left there. And they're going to retool that position anyway. You've got... 
you got Higgins still there. You've got Peoples Jones, the young cat from Michigan, right there. You know they they brought in um, a, a couple young receivers. I mean, they would be fine to be able to move a, a talent like Odell. Yeah, okay, maybe the price is even higher. Maybe they'd hold you up and say, well, we can't do it for for a second. I, I'd at least consider it. There's no question about it. So we'll we'll see what they end up doing but i i think that gosh the guys are dy- those are two dynamic football players for a really good price and i would definitely consider it no doubt about it so we'll see if it happens we'll see if brad holmes make a deal if he if he makes a trade of any sort or, or whatever the case may be but i think those are two guys at two positions of need that you could get that would really help this team and Gosh, I just think it would totally excite the fan base. Those same people that were telling me, nope, don't want them, not going to happen, too expensive, would be all about it, no question. All right, let, let, let's take a look at some of these free agents that are still available out there. So you look at it, to me, again, I, I mentioned two sides on the offensive side of the ball where they could use help, but the Lions also, gosh, they're just a, a team that is you know they're better on the offensive side of the ball than defense so you look at it i mean you know they could use one or two safeties there's no question you know what i mean like safety is a position that's so thin i mean i can't imagine they're just set with tracy walker and dean marlowe back there i really can't you know so you know, you're just looking around. I mean, they got guys on this list still out there, like Trey Boston, Malik Hooker, you know, guys like that. Um, Malik Hooker, really high draft pick that's never panned out based on injuries and whatnot, but could uh, play some decent football. You've got, you know, gosh, you've got some, you definitely got some safeties out there. Those would be the top couple names. Here's a, here's a name that I love. We're always looking at, like, hey, how can the defense get better? Like, defense has to get a lot better this season. You look at it, K.J. Wright from the Seattle Seahawks. Dude's a little bit older, don't get me wrong, 32 years old. But I've always loved K.J. Wright's game. This is a guy that, to me, you know Bobby Wagner's the man over there. But K.J. Wright always seemed like the second in command. This was a guy that, hey, he... Um, he can run, he can tackle, he's smart. Like, yeah, he's 32 years old, but I think he'd be, depending on, you always don't know if they fit the scheme. I know a lot of people try to figure all that out. For me, it's like I don't get as much into, like, knowing exactly what these coaches and schemes and people are thinking. But if they thought he'd fit, you know, as kind of an off-ball linebacker, I think he'd be a nice vet, too, to put in and around a kid like Derek Barnes, you know, to kind of get his feet um, going and get him rolling. You know, there's guys like Richard Shirt. Oh, wait, never mind. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's had some struggles, obviously, recently. Um, and, and, you know, like Sherm back in the day. But uh, just, you know, hope hope all goes well with him. But he'd obviously pass in that situation for all the surrounding things he's got going. You know, the ridiculousness, the ridiculousness of Todd Gurley still being out there. I mean... Todd Gurley, really, you still haven't signed. The Lions said they want you. You went and visited uh, the Ravens. You've ducked around a couple other teams, and you're still just sitting out there chilling. Like, camp starts, bro. 
you know, and you're not you're not a top running back. I said that on a previous show anymore. So you need to sign somewhere, or you're going to be sitting working at the bowling alley before you know it. Uh, Lev Bell is out there as well. If they did want to take a kid who did play his college ball here in the state of Michigan, you know, just going down this list. I mean, Kenny Stills at wide receiver would that intrigue anybody? Quan Alexander is another linebacker that's had a ton of injury issues, but he's 27. He could make plays. Um, Golden Tate has been somebody that Lions fans want to bring back. I mean, to me, that's an old bit, man. Just because he played here, you know, just because he was good like five years ago, you want to bring him back at 33, 34 years old and think you're going to get some the same things when it's not like him and his connection with Stafford are here. Stafford is gone, people. So I, I don't really understand that one. Just kind of scrolling th- through here and looking, you know, if you wanted, they've added a few corners, but there's corners out there to be had. Vic Beasley is a rush player, but he's much more finesse guy and, you know, just seems to be kind of washing out of the league, even though he was a high draft pick. So there's not a ton out there, but those first couple names like Trey Boston or Malik Hooker at safety, I think would be intriguing. I know Malik Hooker was talked about maybe going to Pittsburgh or whatever, but man, like KJ Wright, or if you want another edge player, does Justin Houston or Olivier Vernon still have a little juice? Olivia Vernon's made plays last few years. You know, he's been with Cleveland Browns. Like that could be something to look at. But if I had to focus, it would be safety or linebacker, to be honest. I mean, that that's the way I would go. So we'll, we'll see what they do. See if they add somebody or not. I'd be intrigued, but I'm not holding my breath. There's, there's no question about that. All right, let's go ahead and look at Lions roster bubble type players. I mean, these are guys that, you know... Sometimes Lions fans, we fall in the thing where we're just like, we B-L-E-A-V in this team so much that we're like, hey... You know, this guy was drafted high or he's, you know, part of the roster and he's going to stay there and we hope he's going to be good. Well, sometimes some of these guys get pushed off the roster real quick. You know, they end up being roster bubble players. And before you know it and you're like, wow, a guy was here for a cup of coffee and he's gone and he was a second round pick. I don't know. Kind of like Jelani Tavai might be. I mean, Jelani Tavai, everybody knows he was taken probably way too high in the in the high second round there. Probably more of a four or five round type player, I would say. The previous regime obviously used him improperly, where they just kind of bulked him up and didn't give him any snaps when they did. I mean, he was very, not only inconsistent, but very horrible at times. And... This is a guy that's getting a lot of hype this offseason about he's lost a bunch of weight and he looks good. Coaching staff is talking him up. I don't know. It's hard for me to buy even though I BLEAV in the Lions because it's like, how's Jelani Tavai going to go from being a, a you know mid to marginal player at Hawaii to being a horrible player his first few years for the Lions to, hey, I went on, I went on Weight Watchers. I hit the keto, and now I'm like a ball player. Now I can be put out there for big-time snaps and run and tackle and read things. You know, I don't know. Like, my, my best case for Tavai is that he's he's quicker. He's able to find a, a role both on special teams and be a depth linebacker. But I, I don't really want to see him out there with the starting group. I'd be really surprised if he's got his hair flowing and making plays and everybody's like wow look at how great this guy is but we'll see he's a he's a bubble player for me no question 
Will Harris is a bubble player. I mean, this is a guy, when I talk about the lack of depth at safety, I'm like, man, Will Harris is a guy that's taken in the third round, like a basically a big-time player, captain-type uh, leadership skills like I've always dubbed him. And this guy has just struggled from day one in the NFL. And I'm really curious if it's how he was used because, to me, he still looks like a ball player. He has a little bit of swagger. He looks the part of what you'd want a free or strong type safety to be where you can move around and, and blitz him and do different things. But he just has had a really hard time covering people. He hasn't found that niche with the team where the people look to him for playmaking or leadership or, or anything. You know, he's really been a complete afterthought. So as much as I want Will Harris to do well, I could totally just see him washing out of the league as well and being off this team, being a bubble guy when it's all said and done. This is one that might surprise you guys a little bit, and his name's Brashad Perriman. Now, I, I'm excited sort of to watch Brashad Perriman. I've seen his career. He was really horrible when he came in the league with Baltimore. He bounced around a little bit, went to Tampa, had some good moments, but still was very inconsistent, had injury issues. Then he went to the Jets, and... He was like that sneaky late round fantasy pick where if you wanted a flyer, you might take Perriman and he might show up and get you 120 and a deep touchdown. You know what I mean? That's the kind of player he seems like to me. And I don't mind that player right now with the Lions. I feel like if as long as he shows up in practice and is in shape and ready to go, I don't know why he wouldn't be a two, three or four option for this football team as a wide receiver. I mean, he's got speed. He's made some plays in the league. His his dad played here. He probably wants to catch on with the squad. So I I just think, you know, that he's going to be fun to watch. But I, I also have a little worry in the back of my head that, man, he, he could find himself not having some good practice being passed up by St. Brown, by Cephas. Next thing you know, if you are four, five, maybe in six wide receiver down the depth chart, um, you're looking at not having a roster spot at that point. So his outcomes, range of outcomes are crazy. You know, everything from, man, this guy is a, he's a top flight. Like, he's the number one receiver for the Lions when said and done. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities, as well as, man, we had a lot of high expectations, or, or we thought Perriman was going to at least be the number two, and he doesn't even make it through training camp. So... He's on my list. Um, gosh, who else? I mean, I guess on the offensive side of the ball, I'm just looking at those tight ends. You know, Hunter Bryan is still on PUP, I believe. He's a guy I'd love to be on the team, make some plays, but if the injury stuff keeps up, he could definitely be off the squad or be on that roster bubble. You've got Elise Mack, the uh, tight end. He was down with the Saints. Intriguing player as well. Had some college pedigree. He's really under the radar, but I heard some good things coming out of the mini camps and whatnot. And yeah, I think he could settle in as a three. And depending on how Darren Fells is, you know, that this is a guy that could surprise you. Um, but he's also definitely on that roster bubble. Uh, Logan Stenberg, the interior guard they took in the fourth round that didn't even see the football field. He could be on that roster bubble. He could either show up and play great or be a depth uh, offensive liner, even snatch that right guard position from Hal Vitae or Crosby or whoever. 
Or this guy could be gone before you know it. You know what I mean? He's, he's in that mix. Defensive side, Deshaun Hand. This is one of my guys. I love Deshaun Hand. I think he looks like a beast. He's made great plays. Is he going to be an impactful force now with this new scheme? Or is he going to be gone before you know it? I don't know. I can't wait to see, though. I sure hope Deshaun Hand steps it up and, steps it up and makes plays. And... You know, the, the, those are most of the bubble guys, you know, other than those those low roster people that you would think of that are, you know, they're they're either deep on the depth chart or special teams or whatever. I was just trying to pick out some names that you guys would know or would be like, hey, I can't. I'd be surprised if that guy's off the team. Or, man, you, you see that as a bubble guy? Those are some of the bubble guys I see, and some I'm rooting for to make it and be good, and some I'm kind of like, not only are they a bubble guy, I think our team might be better without them. You know what I mean? So we'll see how that shakes out. Let's uh, let's move to this topic here at the end. And that's like the future picks and plans here for the Detroit Lions. So, you know, there's been a lot of reports coming out. Lions have the worst roster in football. Excuse me, Lions. Be having the first pick next year. I think there was one thing that came out a little bit before I got recording here that the Lions... I think it was like the 20, no, 31st maybe um, roster when it comes to future. So like for the next three years, both their cap, their players, their picks, you know, I don't know if it's ESPN or what, like put them 31. Really? I think it was like the Texans or something. That was the only team worse. Like, come on, man. Like we got a great cap situation after this year. We got four first-round picks in the next two seasons. Yeah, you heard me right. Four first-round picks in the next two years. The other thing I want to bring up is when you're looking at the NFL draft, I mean, you see that Bob Quinn and others, you know, yeah, they will spend like a fifth or, you know, fourth or swap sixth or seventh for some of these players in a lot of the trades that you see now in the NFL. But as an NFL GM, you got to be really tight with that first, second, and third rounder. And you're like, but Oakley, you said you were going to give up a two or a three, maybe for Odell. Uh, yes, I did. And I also kind of, you know, split hairs saying that, you know, there's some risk involved there. But I've seen lots of trades in the NFL where these teams go for it for premier talents and they work out nicely when you give up a, a decent resource. I'm not saying give up your ones. I'm saying give up a two and a three for the right player could really boost your squad and be a good move. So, But the lines are, are, are full with set with one, two, and three. Their first three, uh, let's put it this way, their first, second, and third round picks the next few years, as far as I know, are all intact. They have not dealt any of those. They're not the L.A. Rams where they have, like, no picks till 2029, you know, or I'm being a little sarcastic there, but you know what I mean? Like, they just have no draft picks where I feel like the Lions... Not only do they have that crazy amount of bounty in the first round, and a lot of people, when that trade was made, oh, the Rams are going to be so good. They're gonna that's going to be in like the twenty fives or later. I mean, we'll see. Like I'm, I'm, I am in in some ways rooting for Matt Stafford, but there's also ways where they just had Cam Akers go down. Let's say they just stumbled and they were the Philadelphia Eagles dream team where everything looked great and then it just did not come together in year one. You know, that benefits the Lions. Now, again, you still want that bevy of talent as well as number nine to, you know, have some success out there. But like I said, if they don't have success, that definitely benefits the Lions. So that's something to keep an eye on. And 
you know, Brad Holmes, this is what he does. He knows the draft. He knows late-round talent. And to give him this bevy of picks, I mean, four first-rounders in two seasons, we've we've never had that in my lifetime as a Lions fan. The closest thing was when we had two first-rounders because of the Roy Williams heist that they pulled on Jared Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. And that was just when I was sort of becoming a fan. And then they went and basically, you know, wasted that second pick with Brandon Pettigrew, who ended up being a a mid-level tight end after his first season or so. Just a, a, you know, very basic player at best, you know, which is you don't use the 20th pick overall for a – a tight end that ends up being, yeah, you know, like that's what he was. Plus, he was injured. Plus, he had a lot of concerns after after he had a couple years there where, yeah, they would throw it to him all the time for two yard catches, and he'd have eighty some catches and a few touchdowns. I get it, but I think Brad Holmes is gonna smoke these picks. He's gonna just do damage with them. They're gonna be like, you know, big time football players at big time positions of need with ultra amounts of upside and athleticism and just talent oozing out of their pores so you you look at it you're here's the thing about the quarterback so I was listening to some people the other day and people like well Lions are definitely gonna get their quarterback next year you know and then you're gonna sit him then he's gonna play that year and be bad and then the following year he'll take a big leap forward and the team will be ready to roll well, I don't necessarily buy into that. I really don't. I need to see Jared Goff first. I'm not just assuming Jared Goff is going to be, you know, a below-level football player. I'm not just here to have him for one year and a cup of coffee. They already did redo his deal moving money out. So if he was here just for that one season or even, you know, less than or you bring him back next year but you, you don't intend to use him, like that's a lot of money that you're putting aside there that's going to be wasted in my opinion. So I'm not married to Jerry Goff either. Like he's not my dynasty quarterback. He's not the end all be all here in Detroit yet. But I think if he came out and played well and these people players followed him, you could you could put off quarterback for one, maybe two more seasons, let Goff do his thing, build up that roster, and then take that rookie when his money is pretty much used up. He's been here two or three years. He's given us some good, exciting moments, some wins, some quality football, but He's just not getting over that hump as an elite guy. Then you take that stud rookie in the top 10 or wherever you might be picking at that point. So the Lions are going to have to be real careful of where they think that pick is going to end up. And also just sort of, you don't want to miss your chance. Let's say they are picking in the top 5, top 10. I'm not advocating just bypassing a QB if Jared Goff plays decent to above average. But I'm saying if if he's sort of rolling and there's other premier positions that you can take, and you still think you can get a QB that following year, whatever it may be, it might be prudent to push it push it back a year. So I got faith in Brad Holmes based on what he did in this draft. I thought he got a lot of talent, a lot of good value. I'm really excited to see those guys play. I understand it might take a little bit longer. You know, NFL does sort of happen quicker than most sports, but, um, you know, Give these guys the season and let them see what they can do. Look, Let Aleem McNeil grow into his role. You know, Levi, same thing. St. Brown, Derek Barnes, you know. Um, those are the guys you'll have to let grow, and I think you'll see immediate good football and quality play from Penny Sewell and uh, 
and company. I'm just uh, really excited about the class, but I also know it might take a bit. So Lions are set up really, really well for the future. Both um, probably going to be fun to watch this season. Going to be much better in the next two years when they use up all these top picks that they have. And Brad Holmes hasn't let us down yet. He hasn't made bad moves. He hasn't made bad selections. He's shown a lot of fire, competitiveness. You got to like all that. So, everybody, with all that being said, let me close this Believe in Lions, B-L-E-A-V-N Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network with this. By the time you hear me next week, Lions will be actually at training camp. I believe they will already be. That's kind of their first practice, I think, is next Thursday, next Friday-ish. They're going to be having the jerseys on, the pads. I mean, I encourage everybody to get down there to either that or preseason game or hopefully your season ticket holder to be down rocking and rolling for the 49ers, Baltimore, all these different games. But I'm here to tell you, like, if you want to focus on something when you're at camp or when you're watching this team on TV or if you're down at the stadium, here's the things I'd focus on. Start with Start with the coaches. You know, what does Dan freaking Campbell really have? You know what I mean? Is he just a really fun, funny, you know, a good quality uh, man, alpha, you know what I mean? But does it translate to the football field as a head coach? You know, I'm really interested to see and I'm rooting for him. And I think he's been really fun. He's got this fan base really hype, but you got to go out there and make good in-game decisions and win ball games and put a good product, make good adjustments, all that stuff. So keep an eye on him and all those assistants as well that have a lot of juice, but they are going to be tested. A lot of these guys are new to their positions and yeah, they played the game, but that doesn't always translate. So focus on the coaches. And when you're looking at the players, like there's two sets of players to focus on. In my opinion, you want to focus on the rookies You know, how much playing time are they get? How do they look when they are out there? Do you see them, you know, being not only what they're expected, but hopefully more for most of those guys? Like, wow, this guy's got more than I thought. Or, man, he's making plays right away. Or he looks really fluid, really good out there. You know, that's a really telling sign that's good. And then the other thing you should watch is just circle some of the stars on this team that you want to, you know, are the building blocks. I mean, yeah, would it be great if Tyrell Williams came out and had a nice season and, and made some plays and was above at, well, expectations at wide out? Sure. But we know he's not a core player. We need Swift, Hawkinson, Sewell, Decker, Ragnow, you know, to, to play quality football. Jared Goff. We need, on the defensive side of the ball, guys like Oquara and Julian Oquara and Levi and Michael Brockers, um, that, you know, to play good. We need Okuda to take a big step forward. You know, linebackers, again, you might not even be starting. You might see Jamie Collins. You might see... Uh, these other players out there, but Derek Barnes should be your focus. As I said, he's a rookie. Keep an eye on him. You know, what's AO going to do? What's if he got out there at corner safety, wherever they put him? What does Tracy Walker have? Does he have game? These are the, So focus on those top players that are young and that we need to be not only good this year, but man, if they turn it up and they're making plays and they look good out there. They're going to be added to the mix in 2022 and 2023. These other guys that are on one-year deals, even if they play great, they're probably not going to be with the Lions. So we hope they help the team this year, but those aren't the guys I'll be focusing on. It'll just be a bonus if they play good football. Keep an eye on the player excitement. Like I said, 
I've loved what the coaches have brought. Are these players going to have a lot of juice? Are they going to be playing for each other? Are they going to be out there with swagger and like celebrating after plays? Or are they going to just be going through the motions? We've seen going through the motions way too much the past few years. I want excitement, emotion, excite, um, aggressiveness, physicality, all that stuff I've talked about before. And, and, a, and a sense of a work ethic. Is this team a working team? You know, that's what Detroit wants. That's what we expect. And... You can say it all day long in the media, but it's pretty easy to see if you're out there busting your butt, running sideline to sideline, diving after plays, trying to make tackles, you know, trying to get that extra yard, trying to get in the end zone when you're on the football field. Those are the things we want to see rather than just, hey, I'm out here, I'm going through the motion, I'm doing my best. We want to see you working hard, excitement, and just straight up making plays, just make plays on the football field. That's that's really what the fan base wants to see. And like I say, fan excitement. I mean, you've been beaten up for a few years here on the previous regime. Now we can all let it loose. We got a fresh, clean slate. We got a new quarterback, new offense, defense, whatever it may be, new coach. Like, let's just go let it loose as fans. I mean, be excited. Go down to the games. Holler. Go create. Don't don't have that pessimistic feel where you're like, oh, what's going to go wrong next? Or, oh, man, we got all this history of, of things not going right for the Lions. Hey, what's going to happen right now and in the future? That's what we need to be worried about, and there's nothing wrong with uh, cleaning the slate and saying, hey, let's just judge from this regime from now forward. And uh, it all starts next week when they hit camp and before they start hitting ball games. So, everybody, I am fired up for football. That's what I got for you this week on BLEAV, Believe in Lions, on the Believe Podcasting Network, proudly sponsored by betonline.ag. So everybody take care. You have a great week, great weekend. I'll catch you next week right here, next Thursday, right here on Believe, B-O-E-A-V and Lions. Take care, everybody. I'm out. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.